Chapter Five of Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Siano. Nan Sherwood at Lakeview Hall by Annie Rowe Carr. Chapter Five. Nan saves another but is hurt herself. Nan looked searchingly into the gloomy interior of the hut. It was now no home, whatever it may have been in the past. It was only the wreck of a dwelling. The girl could see little at first save the bare floor, the heaps of rubbish in the corners, and the fact that the rafters of the floor above were no longer covered with boards, if ever they had been. The ladder which led to the loft was in the far corner. There was not a stick of furniture in sight. Suddenly Nan saw something moving in a streak of dusty sunlight that penetrated the side window. It was a pair of child's thin legs kicking in the air. Above the knees was the little torn frock, and looking higher and looking aghast, Nan saw that the tiny girl was hanging by her hands from the rafters. Oh, my dear, she began, and stepped over the broken sill. Then she halted, halted as though she had been frozen in her tracks. From the floor, almost at Nan's feet, it seemed, came a quick rustle, then a distinct rattle. The flat, brisk sound can never be mistaken, not even by one who has not heard it before. Wide-eyed, her breath leashed tight behind her teeth. Nan Sherwood stared about the floor. It was there, the coiled rattlesnake, almost under the bare, twitching soles of the hanging child's feet. In these few passing seconds the eyes of the girl from Tilbury had become so used to the semi-gloom that she could see the fear-stricken face of the imperiled child. Horror and despair looked out of the staring eyes. Her frail arms could not long hold the weight of her body. She must drop, and the arrogantly lifted head of the rattlesnake, crested with wrath, was ready for the stroke. In running up the ladder to the loft, the child had doubtless dislodged the rattlesnake, which, upon slipping to the floor of the hut, had assumed an attitude of defense. The victim, flinging herself down between two rafters to escape, at once was in imminent danger of falling upon the angry snake. The drop to the floor of the shack would not necessarily hurt the child, for the rafters were low, but a single injection of the poison of the serpent might be fatal. These facts and conjectures had rushed into Nan Sherwood's mind in a flood of appreciation. She understood it all. As well, she realized that, if the child was to be saved, she must perform the act of rescue. Before she could summon help to the spot, the child's hold would slip and her tender body fall within striking distance of the snake. Indeed, it seemed to Nan as though the little brown fingers were already slipping from the rough rafter. Her body stiffened as though she would leap forward to catch the child in her arms as she fell. But such a move might be fatal to herself, Nan knew. The serpent would change its tactics with lightning speed. Indeed, it sprang its rattle in warning again, as though with its beady, lidless eyes it read Nan's mind. 
the seconds passed swiftly the child did not scream again but her pleading gaze rested upon nan's face nan was her only hope her only possible chance of escape nor did nan fail her one glance the girl gave around the doorway then she stooped suddenly seized upon a huge stone and hurled it at the upraised darting crest of the snake down upon the writhing coils the stone fell crushingly the head of the snake was mashed and the stone bounded across the floor yet as nan leaped in with a cry and caught the falling child in her arms a horrible thing happened the writhing twisting body of the already dead snake coiled around her ankle and for that awful moment nan was not at all sure but the poisonous creature had bitten her she staggered out of the hut with the child in her arms and there fell weakly to the ground professor krenner had been watching her from the car window wondering at her recent actions now he leaped up and rushed out of the car several of the train crew came running to the spot too but it was the odd instructor who reached the fallen girl first with the sobbing child beside her snake snake was all the little one could gasp at first a brakeman ventured into the hut and kicked out the writhing body of the rattlesnakes good heavens the girl's been bitten cried one man and she saved the kid from it declared another it can't be said professor krenner firmly you're not bitten are you he asked nan oh i thought i was gasped the girl then she began to laugh hysterically but if i was the snake was dead first that would not be impossible murmured the professor then he glanced at the crushed head of the rattlesnake and felt relieved that thing never struck after the stone hit it he declared with confidence you are safe my dear but she's a mighty brave girl cried one of the railroad men i was watching her at the door of that old shack and wondered what she was doing professor krenner had helped the trembling nan to rise and beat the dust off her skirt the little girl's sobs soon ceased when she found she was not hurt here comes the rest of the train bill exclaimed one of the men all back to the cars ordered bill all aboard them that's goin nan stooped and kissed the tear-stained face of the girl i don't know who you are honey she crooned but i shall remember all the term at lakeview that down here at this junction is a little girl i know no no suddenly screamed the child throwing her arms about nan's neck i want you i want you i want my mom to see you nan had to break away and run for the train leaving the child screaming after her professor krenner was already at the car step to help her aboard the two parts of the train had come gently together and had been coupled to nan's amazement as she approached the cars she beheld her chum bess harley and the arrogant linda riggs sitting comfortably together in a window of the chair car talking sixteen to the dozen as nan mentally expressed it so busy was bess indeed that she did not see nan running for the train when the train had started however bess came slowly back into the day coach let's go into the other car nan she said why how rumpled you look did you eat all that lunch not at all 
nan replied rather seriously then as she gathered their possessions together for transportation to the chair car she by accident kicked her chum's handbag out into the aisle why what's this nan cried oh there it is bess said the horrid thing i didn't know what had become of it and i was so mortified when i came to pay for my tea nan looked at her aghast whatever did you do she asked bess had the grace to blush a little but then she laughed too i will tell you she said that riggs girl isn't so bad after all she saw my difficulty and she just had my forty-five cents added to her check it was real kind of her well i never was all nan could say she followed bess forward to the other car in something of a daze bearing the bulk of their impedimentia herself bess harley hobnobbing with the rude girl who had accused her nan of being a thief it seemed impossible where are you going nan asked as bess continued up the aisle here are empty seats there's plenty of room up front said bess cheerfully nan saw linda riggs's hat up front too no she said firmly i shall sit here oh well bess drawled pouting for the first time in her life nan sherwood felt a friend was disloyal to her in appearance if not actuality she realized that bess must have been put in an exceedingly mortifying position in the dining car when she found she was without money with which to pay her check and miss riggs may have been quite accommodating to offer to pay nan however could not imagine herself in her chum's situation accepting the offer bess needed only to wait until the first half of the train backed down to the rear half when she could either have found her mislaid bag or got the money for her lunch from nan and then to be so eager to continue the acquaintanceship with the uncivil girl that was what pointed the dart i don't care said the pouting bess at last i've got to pay her the forty-five cents she'll think it funny pay her by all means nan said striving not to show how hurt she was besk went briskly up the aisle at this permission but she did not return for an hour or more linda riggs's conversation evidently quite charmed shallow thoughtless bess end of chapter five recording by linda siano